Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What is up, guys? It is JD and Lauren back with another Believe in TCU football, where we're going to be recapping the TCU loss against Kansas State last Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas. And we have some other news that we got to touch on as well. Some head coaching changes here at TCU. So we got a lot of stuff to dive into. So let's just get right into it. Starting out with this loss against Kansas State, JD, what were you thinking during that game? It was a pretty bad (laughs) loss. (laughs) Yeah, man, it was a bad loss. Um, You know, I'm not really sure. Um where it fell off the hinges but it, it definitely fell off the hinges um yeah. early on I, I think um to see you know max pretty much get taken out of the game um i don't know you know if that was injury concern or whether they were just kind of experimenting not really sure um from that move to um the the scuffle um after one of the plays like it, it was, it was so many things that that just did not look very TCU like. Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's definitely a tough loss. And I mean, now if you win, you know, you kind of sweep that stuff under the rug, you know. Uh, but to come out with a loss um, against a Kansas State team who who is a good team, we did say that before. You know, yeah. they they are a good team. Um, we got to give credit where credit is due, but. Um, I definitely think we could have competed a little bit better that day. Um, so, you know, um, not the greatest day uh, for the Frogs, but um, just a day that we got to get through. Yeah, and, you know, you said something about how it just didn't look like TCU, and it really didn't. And I know that we've had a tough season, and we've talked about that on every episode, and, you know, we know that. The fans know that. The team knows that. Uh, Coach P knows that. But, uh, you know, I saw something that if it wasn't for that fourth quarter touchdown, this would have been our lowest scoring game since 1993, which is insane. (laughs) The final score was obviously 12 to 31. But, you know, without that final, without that late, late in the game touchdown, we would have had five points. Yeah. Five points. Five points. Yeah. That is, that is, that that's off the charts. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's off the charts for sure. (laughs) Five points. Wow. (laughs) Which, you know, the safety was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie, but uh, it, yeah. Five points. Insane. I I don't know. I that's just that's not TCU and you know that this entire season I think we've had some really good uh luck. I, I guess you could say not even luck, just uh experience uh when it comes to the red zone and yep. we just did not see that this game at all. It said that, you know, I read an article that said that uh we went scoreless in the red zone for the first time this season. And, yeah, I mean, they're normally really good. We normally score at least something, whether it's three points or six, uh, something in the red zone. And, you know, there were multiple times that we got there and just didn't didn't get anything. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you, you look at – you look at – and we talk about this every week, but, you know, you look at an offense like TCU and you kind of scratch your head because if we're getting inside of 25, you know – we have the guys to score. We have them all over the field. Um, and, you know, you, you just you just cannot for the life, I mean, at least for me, for the life of me, I cannot understand 
um, you know, what is it that trips us up, trips us up once we get into the red zone? You know, I mean, yeah, we have a good kicker and we, yeah, we could settle for three. That's fine. But like field goals don't win games, you know, touchdowns do. And so, you know, like I said, man, you just kind of scratch your head um, when, when you get into the red zone and you cannot come up with a score, um, especially with the talent that we have on the offense side of the ball. So, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on, what's happening uh, on the offense side of the ball. But, um, you know, I, I think they got to figure something out because um, we don't have very many games left. And no. we got Baylor, a bowl Baylor game. Baylor does man. not mess around this season, man. No, <laughs> they are on fire right now. Yeah. No, I, I read something that said that um, TCU got to inside the five-yard line, inside Kansas State's five-yard line three times in the first half, and we came away with three points in all of those three times in the first half. Yeah. We came away with only three points, which is just very unlike TCU. Uh, right. so, so, yeah, I'm not really sure what was going on this weekend. Uh, you know, I, I know we had Zach Evans out. I know that, you know, I, I'm not sure where Duggan is on his injury. And like you said earlier, if that was the reason that he got pulled or if we were just experimenting or what. But, you know, even just going into numbers, I guess, Max Duggan was 9 for 13 for 73 yards before getting benched in, in the third quarter. Uh, Chandler Morris saw some playing time for the first time since Duquesne, our first game of the season. Uh, he was 9 of 14 for 111 yards in the second half, which just isn't exact. You know, it, it's not terrible, but it's not yeah. it, It's not what you would expect, especially, you know, people, fans have wanted Chandler Morris for a while. They've been asking for him all season, uh, you know, just because, I mean, we've talked about multiple times, Lincoln Riley is just a quarterback machine. Yes. And, you know, he saw something in Chandler Morris, so we kind of figured that he would be the same here, but... You know, he just – he didn't do terrible, but it just didn't really live up to, I think, the expectations that the fans were kind of expecting. Yeah, man. I mean, he's – and he is – on top of that, he's a local kid, you know, uh, um, Holland Park, right? Um, and so, you know, he's he's a, he's a, he's a Texas kid. He's a, he, he's a local kid. And, I mean, you know, for, for Lincoln Riley to see something in this kid, I mean, it's got to be something there, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know – that situation is kind of tough, you know, because, um, you know, I, I'm just looking at this from the inside out, um, being a former player, like, although you do come into a program um, with skills and abilities, um, that player has to be able to adapt to that system. And that system has to be, um, it has to be, what's the word I want to use? It has to be able to consume that player if that makes sense yeah um because i mean i and i transferred to tcu so me coming into a new brand new system not only did i have to adapt to the system but the coaching staff the plays were called um not that i not that i made the difference on whether a certain play was called or not but you know offense coordinators make play or call plays based on who's in the game so you know it's like i know we've been you know or TCU fans have been, you know, cheering for, for Morris. Um, but like I said, the situation has to be right. You know, um, with Max being a three-year starter now, like you got to do your due diligence there and um, you got to give him the opportunity because he's earned it um, compared to a freshman who's coming in. He's, he's new, you know, new to, new to the college ball. And so um, a lot of people say, well, he got to wait his turn. He got to wait his turn. 
but we clearly see that that's not the case in Norman, uh, where any freshman can play. And, you know, that's their system, right? So, um, you know, I, I'm just interested to see systematically um, what they're going to do um, as far as this dual QB thing goes, because, I mean, Chandler Moore showed that he could play. You know, he, he showed that he can play. He's not afraid of it. Um, but you also have your your experienced leader in Max Duggan. So um, I think the, the rest of the season is going to be interesting to see what which direction they go in. You know, do we continue to go with Max or do we let him, you know, rest up? Well, I think it was interesting, too, because uh, at least for the rest of the season, Matthew Downing was our second string. So I was shocked to see yes. Chandler Morris go in. Yes, most uh, to definitely. be honest with you. So I don't know if that was just something. And, and I know a few weeks ago when when uh, Max Duggan was questionable, uh, Coach P was saying how, you know, Downing was just fine in practice. That was his word, was fine, <laughs> which I feel like isn't the best word. But, right, uh, right, right. But, you know, I, I don't know if this was like an experimental thing or if it's something that they're going to keep going with. But, um, yeah, I think it would definitely be interesting to see, especially if Duggan isn't up to his full potential right now because – I don't think playing on a broken foot can be easy <laughs> at all. No, no, not at all, man. Not at but all. I did want to ask you, just because you brought it up, you know, being a transfer, I guess what is that kind of like, you know, coming into to a new team, to different, I don't want to say morals, but, you know, different experiences, different ways of doing things. And, you know, for you, it was a different conference also. How how was that? Oh, man. Um it was quite the experience uh, coming from SEC land where everybody is like gladiators and it's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the last man standing wins. Um, You're a different I had to breed kinda, over there, man. <laughs> yeah, different breed. Um, and then coming to the Big 12 where everybody is a track star and nobody gets tired. So gets tired. So it's like for me, it was. Most, I want to be in a in a electric offense, and at the time, TCU was just coming off of that great year with Josh Doxson and uh, Trayvon Borkins, and so I wanted to be in that type of offense um, to show my abilities and what I can do on the perimeter, uh, but also I had to adapt to a faster system. I had to adapt to a no-huddle system. I had to adapt to an up-tempo system. So, you know, coming in, I think I weighed about two – I want to say about 215, 220 as a receiver coming into TCU. And uh, I dropped that weight pretty quickly um, for as much running that we did and, and the style of play that we, that we you know, played at. And so uh, for me, it was, it was definitely a challenge. It, it, and it took me some time. Like, I didn't just come in and hit it off right away. It took me some time to, uh, to get adjusted to that and get acclimated to that system. But, you know, I'm thankful that I had two years to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where I kind of won uh, that situation compared to when they had when a guy has one year and he's got to try to figure it all out that year and it's his last year or something like that. Um, but for me, having two years getting into that system, you know, it 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 was a challenge. I can't lie. It was a challenge. And but I figured it out. I figured it out. And yeah. um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the opportunity at TCU. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, I can't even imagine. I feel like it's crazy coming into a new program, a new conference, you know, new plays, new new people, new coaches. So, uh, but yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad that it like worked out well for you and and everything. And 
Yeah, I'm glad that definitely Chandler Morris got to see some playing time. And, you know, I know he, uh, our coaches and, you know, our program were pretty excited about him this year. And it was kind of a hassle to get him <laughs> yeah. in the offseason. Yeah. But he's here right, now. Right. So, so yeah, yeah, I was, I was definitely excited to see him out there. Um, you know, and I kind of wanted to talk about, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. So if you know it, <laughs> <laughs> do you know who I'm talking about? Uh, no, I don't. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try to say it. Kansas State's Felix Anudike Uzoma. Go for it. I, that's what we're going with. Well, that's, that's what we're, we're going, going with. with. Okay, it's that. Yeah, that's what we're going with. You did it. He had technically six sacks uh, this game, but it was decided two hours after the game that two didn't count, so he had four. Okay. Which was that? That was tough for us, you know. That that was a new record. First off, that was crazy, but yeah. you know that that's a huge game changer right there for us, you know. And that's I feel like that that's again that's just so unlike TCU, and I just wanted to bring it up because I feel like that's kind of the that's kind of the theme in this in this episode today. It's just this wasn't TCU and it wasn't the the frogs that I that we're used to seeing. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. What, what were your what were your thoughts of that? Um, I mean, hats off to Felix um, for for having probably the game of his life. You didn't want to say um, his last name? No, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to try. I'm not, <laughs> not going to try. Shout out to Felix. Felix, you yeah. know who you are. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, phenomenal job on his effort um, to have the game that he had. But, you know, flipping flipping the script here, you know, we can't get passes off if we got one guy sacking our quarterback six times or, or you know however many times or however many sacks he had um you just can't it, it just can't work that way it just won't work you know um and so i, I think later on in the game we kind of found a way to neutralize him a little or at least slow him down uh if anything but you just can't have that you know and you know i'm not really sure what the miscommunication was up front with the offensive line i don't know you know what's going on there but when 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 one guy is causing havoc, you got to put more hats on him or you got to put more bodies in front of him because, you know, if he's going to win one-on-one every other play, then we're going to have a long game ahead of us, as we saw on Saturday. So, you know, like I said, hat, hats off to Felix. But from a TCU standpoint, like, we got to find a way to slow that guy down. We have yeah. to. Yeah. No, I know. And I, and I know we've had some issues with our O-line this this season, not so much with coverage as much, but definitely uh, penalties and flags. And, you know, I think that's just another thing that we kind of got to figure out. And, and, you know, like like you always say, it's not just one thing. It's, you know, small little things that we just got to fix. But I just, overall, there was just a lot of little pieces that just weren't really fitting together on Saturday. And uh, I, I really hope that we can figure them out before before Baylor because that is a huge game, especially this year, ranked. They're ranked. And, uh, you know, it's always a big game for us. They, they're, in my opinion, probably our biggest rival. Because, um, I mean, SM, SMU is a good rival, but they're not in our conference. So that's just my opinion. But <laughs> Right, right, right. I agree. I agree. <laughs> but, you know, there's just some things that we definitely got to work out uh, for this weekend. Defense being one of them again. <laughs> yep. yep, most definitely. You know, and, and our our defense did pretty good on on the early downs. 
Um, but they gave up some big plays on third and long, something yep. that, you know, you wouldn't expect to be happening when you're you're playing so well on the first two downs and then you get to third and long and you're you're giving up first downs. That's just not something that you want to be doing at all. Yeah. yeah, man. I mean, third downs, you know, for all the football fans, like third down is the most important down uh, because – that's going to determine a lot. Uh, it's going to determine a lot of the game. You know, how how often does an offense convert on third down? And mm-hmm. so, you know, our defense has definitely had their um, their spells uh, this year, no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, like you said, they played very well on early downs, um, which is something that we didn't see early in the season. So, yeah. They're showing progression, which is what I'm excited about. Um, they're showing progression and and being able to figure it out early on. And, you know, those those third and longs, man, those are those explosive plays that I mentioned, you know, a couple of shows ago about how that can change a game that can steal momentum that could win you a game, uh, explosive plays. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Kansas had a lot of them, uh, unfortunately, but. You know, it's it's one thing to um, to get pushed back and and let their offense drive down the field, but this week our defense our defense fought. They fought early. Um, still got some young guys back there. Still got to figure some things out. But you know, I'm proud of the way that they fought um, and 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 got better. I'll say that they got better this week. They got better. So still got a lot to clean up um, against these uh, before we face these Baylor Bears, but. Um, you know, there's there's some promise ahead. Well, yeah, and like you always say, you got to give credit where credit is due. So, you know, that safety was awesome. Um, Thompson, you know, Kansas State's uh, quarterback did throw a pick. So, you know, we, we got some good things going on for sure. But, uh, yeah, you know, again, it's just those those little mistakes that, you know, you just got to clean up and uh, and they'll be good to go, you know. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. You got to give credit where credit is due. So, oh, yeah, um, yeah six-year guy, like like we said in the preview, I mean, he's not new to football. So, I'm sure he – we were sure that he knows how to manage a game, and he definitely showed that. He definitely um, showed So, that. all good. It's all good. All right. So, we got to move on to the part that everybody probably wants to hear. Coach Patterson and TCU decided to, in quotes, mutually part ways – uh, yeah. so effective immediately, Coach Patterson is not the head coach of TCU anymore, uh, and Coach Kill is going to be filling in for him for the time being. Um, you know, I texted you on Sunday when I found out about it. The news broke pretty late um, on Sunday. Uh, but what were your what were your initial thoughts? Um, I almost <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy, uh, but Sunday was Halloween. And so I almost thought it was a joke. Um, <laughs> you, you thought know, I was not, joking with you? Yeah. I, well, before you text me, I had somebody sent it to me. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, somebody sent it to me. And I just thought like, oh, there's somebody making like some weird like Halloween article or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then you text me like five minutes later. And I was like, oh, no, this is real. This is <laughs> the real thing. Um, and then obviously the text and calls and stuff started flooding in after that. But um I, I mean, I'm shocked, number one, um, because, I mean, GP has been there for the majority of my life, my lifetime. 
uh, 22 years he's been at TCU. And so he's been there for quite some time. Older um, than me. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> there we go. So, <laughs> you know, his tenure has been there. Very, his tenure there is very, very, very long. And so mm-hmm. um, it, it is very surprising um, to to read and learn that they, you know, mutually parted ways. Um, I, I like the way you put it that way. Uh, they They mutually agreed. Because, yeah. you know, you got people out here saying, oh, GP just turned his back on TCU or TCU just straight up fired GP. And, you know, everybody has their uh, their way of interpreting the news. But mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, the best way that it is put just because of the program that TCU is that, you know, there, there was a mutual agreement, you know, and uh, we hate to see him go. Um, I appreciate him for the opportunity he gave to me. Um to to come on board and be a part of that program and that system uh where I learned a lot I experienced a lot um I had some of the plays of my life uh in a TCU uniform um and it wouldn't have been capable without you know coach Patterson and so um I'm thankful for him um I know that he is um an acquired taste for some people but for me personally I respect the man and his craft and you know that he takes his job as seriously as he does like no coach stays at a a school that long without having some kind of uh plan and structure and system of the way that things work and go so um you know i hate to see him go but you know as we mentioned early on in 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 this uh in this season that college football is turned into a business you know and um unfortunately you have to see things like this so it's it's uh it's it's pretty pretty wild to see yeah, no, I, I was shocked too, and it, it really is. I, you know, I was I was looking through Twitter like the night that I found out, and a lot of people just kept saying, and I think it was put perfectly. It really is the end of an era. You know, he brought this program from absolutely nothing to something. Um, you know, and even though this year wasn't exactly what we expected, you know, we have so much to thank him for. And you know, e- even you were saying, you know, he gave you, you know, great opportunities, and and same with me. I. I I think I've said this before on the show that, you know, he was the one who who put me in contact with TCU football and, you know, got me my internship with them, which, you know, I have him and nobody else to, to thank for that. And if it wasn't for that internship, I wouldn't, you know, have all these other great opportunities and stuff. So, you know, I really want to just it really does just come down to him. He he gave me my first opportunity and that just opened the door to so many other things. And I think he's been that way for so many people too. Um, so yeah, he, he's definitely going to be missed. And, you know, I think he's, he's just a great person. His morals are, are, are great. And, you know, I know we've talked about before how he always talks about, it's about the 40, not the four, you know, the 40 years after college, not just the four that you're in. And so, so yeah, no, he's, he's definitely going to be, definitely going to be missed. Yeah, most definitely. And uh, I want to touch on that 40, not four um, uh, quote or phrase that he uses. Uh, Well, side note, (laughs) whatever he's about to go do, I know he's about to have fun and enjoy it. Um, I hate that. I hate that when people talk about it, it sounds like a a death or a funeral or something. Um, (laughs) Although it kind of has that type of feel like that real sadness feel. But (laughs) I know he's about to go enjoy himself, man. But anyway, um, focus on his music or something. Yeah. Most he's I'm telling you, all he's about to pop as a like country music star. Oh, yeah. It's about to happen. It's about to happen. He's going to be the He does, though. He does. He has really good stuff. 
he can carry a tune and he can play like he can play yeah. the guitar pretty well so yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if we see him in nashville like having concerts and stuff man like <laughs> Just give me my credit when it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, forty nine. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew I knew him before then. Before then, um, the GP, not Gary Patterson. I G, I know GP, but anyway, <laughs> um, forty nine four. I I think um, I think that's very very important um, to the um, mental. Um, for the mental framework of an athlete, um, because you do have four years to give it all you got, enjoy yourself, and get an education all at the same time. And to hear that phrase for the first time, you know, it didn't hit me, and you know, because I'm I'm new, I don't really know a lot about this place, this school, this system. Like, oh, that's a cool phrase, it, but it wasn't until I've been out of school now for four years that I think about it. Like, oh, that's what that means. Forty nine. 49-4. And so, you know, um, regardless on the opinion that people have about GP, like the man shows why he is as successful as he is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he's perfect, um, but Nobody it does is. mean that, yeah, no one is. No one is perfect. Everybody has their 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 flaws of whatnot. But, you know, he truly believes in excellence. And I think that's something that you have to carry uh, on the within your 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 next 40, your 40 years, not just four, um, because, you know, at the time, you know, we're we're young kids out of high school on our own for the first time. And we're just enjoying life like we got freedom to do whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you grow out of that phase and you get into real life and you actually do turn 40, you realize the importance of excellence. You realize the importance of discipline you realize the importance of communication and trust and loyalty and all these different things all these different words that truly do make a difference in whether you're successful in life or not so um, I appreciate him for you know being an example of that in the ways that he did Um, and you know he's he's human at the the end of the day so he's gonna make mistakes too nobody's perfect so um, but yeah I I love that phrase 40 not 4. Yeah and you know I I kind of like to relate the two I saw uh, you know, in a press conference with athletic director Jeremiah Donati, uh, he said, in quotes, we all, Gary included, felt this was going to be a bounce back year. Mid-October, it became apparent that we wouldn't meet those expectations, in quotes. And, you know, this probably isn't, I don't know if this is true. I, I haven't seen it in an article, so I don't know if it's fact. But in, in my opinion, that just sounds like not him turning his back on TCU. That's him wanting this program to succeed so much because that's all he ever wants is like this program to succeed. And, you know, I think he and I guess TCU might have just felt that, you know, a change might help make that happen. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. I agree with you. Like it, it, it wasn't it wasn't um, GP turning his back on TCU. Yeah, no, it no. was, you know from from what i read um in an article whether it's true or not you know he was offered to take another role next season and he declined it he politely declined it and i told somebody earlier this morning like how do you expect him to do that that's like and i made the joke like that's like asking the principal of your school in 2021 to come back and be a teacher in 2022 (laughs) you know (laughs) you you know what i mean like it, it just doesn't that just doesn't line up, especially for all he's done in that mm-hmm. position. So 
Um, the whole October thing, um, I think that's when bowl game plans are made, uh, if if I'm not mistaken, because uh, bowl games are typically, you know, end of November, early December-ish, you know, going into the, the New Year's and all of that. So I think that's when those plans have to be made about where we where we may potentially be going, travel arrangements and this, that and that. And, you know, by this time now, teams are getting bowl eligible. You know, six six wins makes you bowl eligible, whether you get the bowl or not. And uh, I just think that, you know, looking at the back end of our schedule, I just think that, you know, the people that make the calls in the big office just don't necessarily – I won't necessarily say they don't have faith that TCU can can pull out six wins, but it makes it hard to believe that they do mm-hmm. because – you fire your head, man. Now, you know, yes, we have Baylor, we got Oklahoma State and Iowa State coming up. Those are definitely really, really, really good teams. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But, you know, you got to, you got to, I feel like you got to fight it to the finish. Um, I, I don't like the, yeah, I don't like the midseason moves like that. That just, that, that sucks, man. It really does. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking the same thing. And it, it's definitely not what we wanted, needed, or expected going into Baylor week, you know, going into, and we talked about last show that, you know, we have a, we have a back season that's pretty heavy and pretty tough. And, uh, you know, we don't need to be like working on head coaching changes right now. Uh, because we, we want to finish out strong and, and that's, I feel like that's going to be a lot, a lot tougher now with, uh, with all these changes. So, yeah, yeah, no, I I totally agree with what you say, with what you're saying. Yeah, most definitely. And I mean, I, I have faith in Coach Coach Kill to yeah, yeah. to to pick up the baton and, and, and continue to carry it. But you, you know, what I don't what I what I think that some people don't take into consideration is the the ripple effect that has on fans, on uh, students on recruits that may be coming in next year on the team morale on the staff like it, it it's it's a ripple effect you know when yeah. when when you remove your biggest piece out of the game and so like, I agree with you like this is not the time to be trying to figure that out you know like Baylor seven and one we need every body sold in a TCU shirt or jersey <laughs> to be on to be on you know on board yeah so um like I said, I don't agree with it at all. Um, I mean, we get to the end of the season and we got to reevaluate, then we do that. But I just think, you know, man, let's let's just finish it. Um, yeah. I don't think that was a good way to end his 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 long tenure. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it came at a very weird time, and uh, I think it would have been a lot if if this was going to happen. Uh, it would have been a lot better to do in the off season for sure. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And, uh, you know, you bring up like recruits too. And that's, that's a, it is a huge thing because there are some recruits who, you know, will kind of want to go to a school for the coach specifically. You know, I I knew somebody, uh, who, who was going to a school for, I mean, it was for baseball, you know, different sport, but you know, after, after he signed, uh, he, he found out that the coach was leaving for another school and, uh, he left with him. Hmm. You know, yeah. which is which is just interesting, and not saying that that would happen, but it's you know it's definitely very real. And you're right; it does have a big effect on 
uh, not only the program but the fans and the and the players and and the recruits and everybody. Oh yeah, most definitely. I mean, now I will I will definitely step out on a limb and say uh, to any high school recruits or any parents listening to this show, um, pl- I just encourage you guys to not pick a school for a coach <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, coaching changes happen all the time. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they happen all the time, and I made that mistake myself of choosing a school based on a coach. So. Um, you know, I, I would definitely advise that not to. Um, but at the end of the day, that you're right. There are some recruits that, that are going to reconsider um, what was going on. I mean, or, or where they want to be because, you know, and this could be for any school, not just TCU, but that coach that may have left may have had a system that was appealing to that recruit. Yeah. You know, or regardless, you know, or, or appealing to the, the recruit's family or et cetera, et cetera, like, there's so many good things that come with the head coach as well as, you know, some things that aren't so good too, but you know, now you're going to have a lot of TCU recruits reconsidering whether this is the program to go to or not, because I I'm not crazy. I know these kids are out here reading these articles. They're staying up late on Twitter. Mm-hmm. saying what these people are saying, and that is ultimately having an effect on their decision. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess, you know, we can kind of, I kind of want to move on to talk about, there's a lot of talk about who our new head coach is going to be. And obviously nothing is finalized, but there are a few names that have been thrown into the mix. Okay. Um, <clears throat> number one is SMU Sonny Dykes is apparently the front runner. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, the rest of the people in the mix are Bill Napier from Louisiana Jeff Trailer from UTSA, Jamie Chadwell from Coastal Carolina. There's a few more names that are thrown into the mix, but those seem to be the four main ones that I keep seeing. But specifically, Sonny Dykes is that front runner there, which I've been seeing on, on articles. And, you know, you never know if things are, are factual or not, but that is definitely the right. name that I've been seeing thrown into the mix the most. Yeah, that is odd, man. Yeah. Um, and what's funny about that, I haven't seen this list. But my my dad just asked me about that recently. Really? Um, because yeah, uh, yeah, because I'm I'm from Louisiana and uh, I was recruited by Coach Dykes when he's at La Tech, oh, and yeah. so he he asked me about that. My dad asked me about. It. He's like, you think you think he'll take it? And I was like, well, I mean, right now he's seven and one at SMU. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I know he's had success at SMU, so. I'm not exactly sure that he would take it, but uh, Coach Dykes was on the staff uh, my senior year at TCU, and so he's familiar with the system. Um, he he was there. He he saw it all happen, and he was a, a great mentor uh, for me uh, specifically, um, just giving me you know wisdom along that journey and um, and just encouraging me to to give it you know a thousand percent in everything I got since it's pride and everything, but. Uh, that that would be interesting um, yeah. if he took that job. I, I can't lie. That would be interesting for sure. Yeah, no, I think it would be interesting. And I, you know, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I don't know what he would be thinking, you know, since SMU is doing so well this season. But I know there are some conference changes going on over there. Uh, so, you know, I wonder if that will sway his decision uh, at all. So, but yeah, I definitely thought that was that was quite interesting. 
Yeah, most definitely. Oh, I forgot all about the conference changes. Yeah, you yeah. you got a point there. You got a point there. We we might be in for for a treat then. Yeah, for real. And I also did see that uh, Ladanian Tomlinson will play a role in helping find a new coach for us. Okay, yeah. I I like I like that. I yeah. like that. I like that. I <laughs> yeah. am I am excited about that. Yes. Yes. Sure. And that that we, was that was confirmed by Jeremiah Donati. So. Uh, okay. So that's that's yeah. some factual stuff right there. That's that's pretty good. I mm-hmm. okay. So now we really might have to get a fly and put it on the wall to like <laughs> hear what that conversation is. Um, because I I think that's a good move, man. I think uh, you know, you got a former Hall of Famer, like yeah. you got a Hall of Famer, not even former TCU, like Hall of Famer, um, having a say so in who's going to lead the charge. I think that that might start a trend. If it if it hasn't already, that might start a trend. Yeah, no, for sure. But there's some you know interesting things coming up. We'll obviously touch on it more on our future episodes. We will be back in a few days to be previewing the TCU versus Baylor game. TCU plays number 16 Baylor next Saturday in its second home game in more than a month. I'm pretty sure. Uh, haven't had a lot of home games lately. We had them all yeah. in the first half of the season. But uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be back on Thursday to uh, talk about that game, talk about what we think is gonna happen. Uh, but for now, uh, leave us questions or comments that you guys have on Twitter. I'm gonna be out there asking for some questions come before our next episode. Uh, but for now, thanks for tuning in to Believe in TCU Football, and we'll see you on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.